everyone, and welcome to the Soul Anchor Podcast, where together we'll discover how to stay anchored in a storm and how to thrive. I've invited some friends that I deeply admire and whose authentic stories will encourage you to embrace hope when the waves crash. These are friends who have navigated some fairly deep waters of unthinkable circumstances and they've arrived back on shore resilient and strong. I'm your host, Cynthia Cavanaugh, and I'm so glad you're here. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Soul Anchor Podcast. This week, I'm so excited to have my friend, Amy Job, and she's going to be sharing with us today, and you're really going to love what we're going to talk about today. But let me tell you a little bit about her first. Hey, Amy, welcome. Thank you so much, Cynthia. It's such a pleasure to be on here with you. Great to have you. So Amy, she's an award-winning author. She's a speaker and she is a model. Now, when I record these podcasts, I do it in a Zoom so we can see each other and interact. And definitely, if you saw a picture of Amy, you would say that she has been a model. She's (laughs) beautiful, both inside and out. But anyway, she says that she's a model turned advocate and she hosts the Support Someone Saturday podcast. And she just released a 40-day prayer journal titled Unstuck Step Into the New. Amy has been married to Eric for over 20 years. She's the mom to Ariana and Ashton, and she lives in the suburbs of Chicago. And we were chatting about that before we started the podcast, because I'm a little bit familiar with that because our son went to school in the Chicago area for four years. So I got to visit the area and have to say, Amy, that I love downtown Chicago at Christmas time. It's absolutely stunning. It is. I love downtown as well. I try to take my kids a lot and we go every Christmas because the lights and it's so pretty by the lake. Yes, it is very, very pretty. So anyway, you have an emphasis on family, prayer and advocacy. And so I want to talk a little bit about your prayer journey, because that's what your book is about, a 40 day journal titled Unstuck. So let's talk about this a little bit. So tell us, when did you start your prayer journey? And when did you realize that this would be the key to keeping your family anchored in a storm? I think back, like it's probably been about maybe five years or so when we faced some very heavy trials. And I think that was when prayer was really birthed. It became not like intentionally, like I'm going to sit down and pray, but like out of necessity and already being a strong believer, it just really became my anchor, my lifeline. And I think it was prayer and I started coupling it with fasting and it gave me the strength to overcome, process through, be strong for my family. We went through things like betrayal with extended family through business. That was really difficult. And then on the heels of that, our son was diagnosed with a rare genetic disorder. And so these things just rocked our boat and they weren't like a month or two months trials. These were like a couple of years like you're not seeing answers, like you're walking through really heavy, heavy mud. And you're like, how do we get through? And so I think that's where my prayer journey really started. And I really found that intimate place with Jesus. And it really helped me to have the strength to pull through and then to be strong for my family and, and to stay connected to my husband and to help my kids through it. That's so good. I think that represents a lot of us. 
I've struggled with that whole prayer. I like to pray and I will pray for people, but it's a discipline for me. I have a much easier time studying and researching and reading God's word. I love the word and I love to study. So that is natural for me. When it comes to prayer, it's a little bit more challenging. So I've had to learn how to incorporate that in a way that's not just only meaningful, but that's a discipline that's a go-to, like you say, when things happen in life that rock your boat. So because I think that represents a good amount of us, because, you know, we're talking out loud or we're journaling our prayers and we don't necessarily get someone who's answering us at least right away. Sometimes God speaks to us through his word or other people. But when we're in that posture of prayer, so tell us a little bit about how did that start for you when you knew that you needed to start praying and develop that intimacy? What did that look like for you? Did you just say, okay, God, here I am. I don't really know what to say, but I'm dying here. Or did you write out your prayers or do you have a prayer closet or do you do sticky notes? Like, tell us a little bit of what that looks like. Sure. I think that there's been actually different seasons, you know, going back probably to like 2015, I actually started a war room. If you saw that movie by the Kendrick brothers. Yeah. So this is probably back in 2015. I set up a war room in our laundry room in our townhouse. And so I had like prayers on the wall. Like I had a series of prayers for my husband, for my son, for my daughter. And we were just going through a lot of shifting then. And I had hurt my back and I had three bulging discs. I didn't do surgery, but I had to ice it all the time. I couldn't work out. I couldn't really clean my house. And so I would lay on my back, lay on the ice pack on my back and be in my prayer closet and pray. Mm -hmm. And I feel like those answers started coming by the end of the year and even through 2016. And so sometimes the answers might not come right away, but they will come. And then even during your times of prayer, as you're focusing on yourself, he'll start putting other people on your heart. I think it's because he wants you not just to keep focused on yourself. That gets depressing, right? But he starts to show you who to help. And then you start helping other people. That's kind of where the advocacy started to be birthed in me. Like I heard a pastor say, if you focus what's on God's heart, he'll, or take care of what's on God's heart, he'll take care of what's on your heart. So there was a season of the actual war room, the prayer room. And then fast forward, when our son was diagnosed, we start to see maybe fall of 2016. And then he was diagnosed early 2017 with Noonan syndrome, which is a rare genetic disorder. He's affected in like 10 different areas. Thankfully, he has the minor form, but it took many, many tests and doctors over those two years to find out Then it was a season for me, honestly, of grieving. I never want to be away from the Lord because growing up in a lot of hardship and abuse, I'm like, okay, I wasn't with the Lord until I was 21 and I really got radically saved. So I'm like, I'm going to trust you through this, Jesus. But of course you do have your questions and you have your grief. And so people encouraged me, Amy, just let yourself grieve talk to Jesus about it. And it would be this point, he sent me mentors in that season, like prayer mentors, almost like spiritual moms. And they would teach me, even if you can't get up, you ask Jesus to meet you where you're at. And so that's literally where I was. I was so hurting in that season. And I often got up in the night because I try not to always cry all day, you know, but I would get up in the night and literally grieve. I would curl into a ball on the couch and cry. And it could be, okay, will my son ever get married? Will he ever have children? Will his heart be okay? Will he ever grow? to his height. I mean, there were so many areas I had to grieve through each one. And then it's like Jesus really became real to me. It's almost like I could imagine him there. I could almost feel his presence. And that's kind of where I started to develop that intimate relationship, that place of deepest pain, that intimate relationship with Jesus and getting to know him. And just like, he is my anchor, you know, like I knew you before, but now I really know you in my heart. 
That's so good, Amy. And I love what you're saying because so often I think I grew up in the church. I came to church in the womb. So we have this idealistic view that we have to be as Christians, we have to be stoic, right? And we walk around quoting Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good that those that love God and are called according to his purpose. Now that is a truth and it is true. And we know that. However, God created us to be emotional beings. And in the Psalms, we see that David has a wide gamut of emotions from grieving to anger to sadness. And I think we do ourselves a disservice when we don't allow those feelings or grieving, as in your case, to help us process what we're walking through. Now, it doesn't mean we stay there, but the difference, I think, is what you're saying is that you invited God into your grieving. You just didn't curl up on the couch in the middle of the night and grieve and not talk to God. You invited him into your pain and into your process. And so then he gave you comfort and hope and answers to prayer. I think that's the difference. And for you listeners out there who maybe grew up with ritualistic kind of prayers, this is something we can really grab onto and embrace that we're human and to get us through those hard, hard times. So you mentioned also going through a family betrayal mm-hmm. and I think, oh my goodness, that has to be about the worst. Yeah. I mean, betrayal is hard anyway, but when it happens in your family, that's very difficult. So how did you get through that challenge and how during that time did you stay anchored as a person and in your marriage as well? Sure. So kind of like what happened for us is that my husband and I started seeking Christian counseling together because it was kind of like the family betrayal thing. And that wasn't resolving, even though God kind of finally set us free. We were just under a lot of oppression and he made a way out. And honestly, it was after a season of fasting and praying, even with my husband. And so then we kind of were released from the situation, but there was still a lot of hurt. So then we started getting Christian counseling, which I always say, hey, ask God to send you the right helpers and he will bring community we totally need that community. And so during that season, through the counseling, she kind of taught us that forgiveness, you know, we're always called to forgive, right? And forgiveness is one side of the coin and reconciliation is the other. But she said, you know what, we have to choose to forgive. And this is kind of even working through my past, my childhood, I had gone through counseling for that. So she said, we're all called to forgive. And if we don't, you know, that bitterness will overtake you, right? And it'll start to affect every relationship. And then you'll just be bound up and you won't be free. And so really, you have to make a choice to forgive. You won't always feel like forgiving. You might even be justified in what you, (laughs) you know, like to not forgive because those people really did you wrong. And maybe they didn't even acknowledge they did you wrong, but we still have to forgive. So my husband and I probably a few years ago now, we made a conscious decision to start praying every day. Mm, And we would say, I choose to forgive. And we put the person's name in, and then we would say what we were forgiving them for. And then we would pray a blessing. And so we pray a blessing over them individually, pray a blessing over their marriage, their family, their finances, their children. And really after praying like that, I would do it a lot even by myself. Cause you know, when you've really been wounded, that kind of stirs in your mind constantly. Keep thinking about that situation. Keep thinking how the person hurt you. Cause you're, it's not only in your mind, it's in your heart. You have been wounded. So it would come up and I would say, again, I choose to forgive. And then you say what you're forgiving for and then pray a blessing. You know, cause God says in his word, bless those who curse you, bless and do not curse and vengeance is mine, I'll repay, right? So that's what we decided to do. And probably a year after praying that way, we really found freedom it lifted. You know, there was no more anger, no more hurt, no more bitterness. There was compassion. And 
for us at that point, we decided to reach out to these family members and we wrote a letter and said, Hey, you know, we're sorry for any hurt we've caused and we forgive you and just kind of spelled things out. Mm. And we didn't hear back. Yeah, that's so hard. <laughs> the situation is not resolved yet. In fact, it was over a year later, almost a year and a half later, we finally received a letter and it was not a happy letter. So there's still not reconciliation there, but we're still praying for it because you know, with God, all things are possible. And yes. really with my past and my side of the family, he has brought huge restoration with my mom, my dad, my siblings. It's a miracle. So I know he brought restoration in my family and he can bring restoration with my husband's family. But yeah, so it definitely, it helps to forgive. I think that's a huge portion of it. And it is really a choice. It's not a feeling. Yes. And I know I learned as a teenager from a mentor, I think it was one of my young life leaders that's saying, you can't trust your feelings, but if you make the choice, your feelings will eventually follow that you'll actually get those unruly feelings back into line. And I love what you're talking about here because you're talking about being intentional and the title of your book is unstuck. So what Amy's saying here is that if you want to get out of that stuck place, we have to be intentional. And like you said, I love that you and your husband said, we choose to forgive in the person and then you forgive them and you pray a blessing. That is so powerful. It's something that doesn't come naturally to us. We know we're supposed to forgive, but they hurt us. And especially if there's not a reconciliation or if there's not taking responsibility for the hurt, you know, it's easy to just nurse that nurse it, rehearse it instead of letting it go. And I think that process of committing that to God and being intentional is so important. That's so beautiful. I'm going to shift here just a bit because this season we're talking about, he restores my soul. So when we think of prayer and what you've been talking about, Amy, how can prayer restore our soul? How does that happen for us? I think for me, it's been over time, but it's really realizing who I am in Jesus. It's as I wait in his presence or I'm sitting with him and I share my burdens and then take time to listen, whether it's just listening or writing in my journal, picking up the word of God and asking him to speak. It's realizing who I am in him. For me, just being so broken and having such low self-esteem and being told the wrong messages and then just being in his presence and realize how much he loves me, that even helps you to forgive too because you're like, he forgave me. And then just meditate on who you are in Christ, that I am forgiven. I am an overcomer. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And then his promises, I have a future and a hope. And starting to meditate on that, I think that brings restoration. It's like a reprogramming of your thinking. Even in my new book, I put an appendix in the back and I put whole sections on your identity in Christ. And then literally over the years, I've read those things out loud, you know, those statements, those scriptures, so that I could reprogram who I am. And I've done different types of fasting, a lot of partial fasting or Daniel fasting, and I've had prayer partners. So it's been like a process. It doesn't always happen overnight, but in time it does. And I just feel like even recently for me, the last year, like things are just clicking into place where I see the fullness of restoration coming. So it can happen. It may seem like it's taking a long time, but I think he is faithful to restore us. He is faithful. And I think prayer for me, what I'm learning in the last few years is doing what you did. It's just, you know, letting those feelings out, letting those emotions out and knowing that as I pray that that is restoring my soul and it is helping me to be not stuck in the same place, but to choose the new and have a reset of some hurt or some trauma because trauma, like you said, you grew up in an abusive situation 
when you've experienced trauma, it not just does a number on your heart, but it does a number on the physiological, your brain, right? So you kind of have to, like you said, rewire what we're thinking and what we think about ourselves. That's why scripture says, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, et cetera. Think on these things. I mean, God knew about that neuroscience. Obviously he created that before even some of these newer ones we learn about today are saying, Hey, this is a God thing, right? Like God knew exactly what he was doing when he said that we should think about these things. So I love that you shared that. You talk about two and this goes along the lines of restoring our soul. How has the church and the community around you, how has that helped you? Talk a little bit about that, because yeah. I think we've gotten out of sync of that and not all the way our fault, because we've had this pandemic that's been raging and it's kept us in some ways from community. But how has that helped you stay anchored? Yeah, definitely. I think like during our son going through his health challenges, I remember just hearing the Lord say, Amy, it's going to be your time to receive. And I love to give. I think we all love to give. I think as Americans, (laughs) we're generous, right? As Christians. And so it's easy to give, but he kind of spoke to me, it's your time to receive. And it kind of takes a humility, right? To be like, okay, God, whatever comes my way or whoever wants to help me, I'll accept the help. But we really were in that position with all of our medical challenges and medical bills and things like that. And I knew we needed support. Like I knew Ashton's diagnosis was much more than I could handle. So kind of just a little example, it was a particular Saturday. My husband was working a lot. He's the main provider. He works in production. So he'd work long hours, weekends, be out of town. And I was just feeling very overwhelmed with my son and my daughter was younger. And I felt like that Saturday, we were going to Saturday night church. He said, write your pastors a letter. It's like, who writes a letter anymore? I don't know. I just wrote everything out. I was like, I was thinking of that passage in James. If someone has set call for the elders of the church and they should pray and like, and the person will be healed. I'm like, I'm just going to write and ask them to pray. I'm just so overwhelmed. And then if asked the prayer team, I think we were at Willow Crystal Lake and maybe been there a year or so. And so there's been some church hurt here in Chicago. If you live here, there's been fallout of mega churches. So I get there's church pain too happening. So I write them a letter and I hear right back from, Pastor Marcus. And it was such a blessing that he just emailed back and he's like, and Hey, I'm going to CC the prayer team. And he got us right onto the prayer team and he would encourage us. And they started coming around us, the leadership, because it was something so big. We needed help carrying. And then we were on 9am greeters and we had the whole family was greeting at our church and it's a big church. And so there's probably like 30 to 50 people every week. And we'd have a, like a little talk. We had a guy called the chaplain, he'd share, and then we'd all gather in a big circle and hold hands and pray. And often they say, I mean, would you pray? Cause that's kind of just maybe one of my giftings sure. or whatever. And so then I would pray and it just, the whole group of them rallied around us. It was like grandmas and grandpas and aunts and uncles. It was the, the family of God. And so through the whole process of Ashen being diagnosed, he blessed us. And even our leaders, the guy did business, but he got his degree and as a special education teacher. So he had a special heart for Ashton. And so they would even say to Ashton, help him. They would let him do offering. He was about seven when he was diagnosed. And then they'd say, Ashton, coming back. We want to show you where we put the money. And they just treated him with so much respect. Mm. It was so beautiful. Yeah. And during that same season, our good friends called Jared and Heather. Jared was best man in our wedding, uh, our Christian friends. And he had gone through a brain tumor, which God has miraculously healed him. And so Heather called. And I thought she was calling about Jared. 
I was coming back from helping out a charity because I've often tried to focus on ministries and charities to keep my mind off of our own stuff. So I was coming back from volunteering and I remember thinking about all the medical bills and we had just been denied our third insurance appeal to get a different growth hormone and it's expensive. He has to take nightly growth hormone injections. So I remember just saying, I don't know how we're going to do this, but I trust you, Jesus. I trust you, Jesus. And literally when I said that, my phone rang. And you know, like no one ever calls each other anymore. And so it was Heather. And I thought maybe she needed prayer for Jared. And she was like, Amy, you guys are on my heart. She goes, I've been praying for Ashton, praying for your family. She goes, I really feel like God wants me to start a GoFundMe for your family. Will you please let me? And I was like, oh my gosh, I was just praying about this, (laughs) you know? And so I said, let me ask Eric. And he said, I think we should, because we were just starting to feel completely overwhelmed by the medical bills and everything. And so that was so amazing. It was people like not just in the church, that group of people, our greeter group rallied around us. They're like, can we help you drive to appointments? Giving us stuff, people handing me like envelopes with like wads of cash, people I didn't even know. Like I knew your first name, but. Yeah. And then just other people in our lives, like my hairdresser, she's like, this one's on me. I went to the tire place. The guy knew a little bit of our stories, like the tires are on us this time. And then kind of when a beautiful thing happened at my son's school, he was at Cheswick Elementary and he was going to summer school in the summers. And Mrs. Camper had just taken a liking to him because he had been bullied on the bus. And she found out who was bullying him on the summer school bus. And those kids got in trouble, thankfully for the cameras. And so when I found out about Ashton's diagnosis, I emailed Mrs. Camper because I knew she had a heart for Ashton and she got back to me. She goes, you know what, Amy? She goes, we want to do a jeans week for Ashton. She goes, all the teachers and our schools are big here. She's like, all the teachers are going to pay $5 a day to wear jeans all week. And she goes, I want to give you an envelope of cash at the end of the week. And she goes, you use that money however you need it. She goes, it doesn't even have to be for medical bills. And at the time we wanted to go to the Magic Foundation Conference because this is a conference for people affected with growth hormone disorders. There's actually about 20 different, probably more than 20 different growth hormone disorders. Like kids that are affected in multiple ways. And so it's like, you need that community, that support, talking to other people that go through the same thing. And so she gave us that money and it's what we needed to go to the conference that summer. And so God just showed up in so many amazing ways, but we kind of said, okay, we're going to be open to receive. We're going to ask and we're going to let people come in because there's times I just cried and I'm like, God, this is too much. And my husband and I would talk, we're like, we can't carry this. And so he would just bring the community and bring people from many different aspects. Even my son's medical team has been awesome. And so that's where the community comes in. And and it's so important when you have a heavy burden. It is. And I think the key that you've mentioned in the very beginning, when you started sharing the story is that you had to reach out. Yes. You had to say, we're not going to be self-sufficient because we just think we're burdening people or people have other things, you know, like even your friend who had a brain tumor, right? Like they don't need to be bothered with this. They've already gone through their own thing, but that's the beauty of the body of Christ that we need each other. And when we do, I mean, for me, it's my pride because I don't want to ask for help because I'm a firstborn. I was taught and raised. I got to figure it out. I got a problem solve. And so when I ask for help, then, you know, the floodgates open and more than you can even imagine, because God loves to give good gifts to his children, as it says in James, right? He longs to give good gifts and he gives good gifts through his people. But we have to do what you did. We have to, (laughs) we have to open our hearts and we have to be willing to let people help us. So I love what you said in the beginning too, is that the whole journey of prayer is that you might not see that on day one, 
But there are times God knows what we need. He knows when our faith needs to be increased. And I think you and your family were practicing those, you know, being grateful and serving others and reaching out and not just wallowing in your own circumstance. And so God knows those times when we need to be encouraged. And he provides that as answer to our prayers. I love that. As we wind up here, I love to ask my guests, what's something fun about yourself that most people might not know about? Well, I well, I grew up in Minnesota and I used to be a triathlete. So I wanted to be a professional triathlete and the doors kind of closed because I was in a couple of different accidents. But yeah, I have this like total sense of adventure. And as part of that, one time I was on the UMD, which is University of Minnesota Duluth triathlon team. And uh, our coach was like, okay, today's workout, we are going to go swim around that island. And we could not even see like, oh my the goodness. other side of island. <laughs> and there's like really heavy iron ore deposits in that lake because you know all the mining and so yeah it's like black water and we jumped in like no life jackets and there was quite a long swim just to get to the island and he didn't tell it because he was trying to also challenge us mentally because triathlon strategy is it's mental not just physical and once we got to the island we all realized if we're tired we'll just swim up to the island and rest Okay. But yeah, it took us probably over two hours to swim. Oh my goodness. So yeah. he knew he knew that as a parent. Yeah. I think, oh, I don't know if you he want my strength to get from the island back to shore, you know? So yeah, that was a pretty incredible. But then once I did that, I'm like, okay, what can I take on next? So it's kind of like your faith muscles are built sure. through prayer. Those were like my physical. Sure. That's yeah. cool. I love that. And I also mentioned that you had a career in modeling and acting and you had the opportunity to meet some people that we might know. Who are some of those people? Okay. This is a cool story. I actually, one of the first things I ever did in acting, I was on Ocean's 11 just as a featured extra. So very small okay. role, but I met Matt Damon. And the cool thing is I had a dream the night before that I met him. And really? so God prepared me. Yes. I, I don't know if I wrote about it in my first book or my second book, but you know, I dreamt that I met him. I was offered a line. I was so starstruck that I couldn't do my line. And they were like, next. And I lost my spot. <laughs> so yeah, going down there that day, I said, you know what? God help me to just be normal. And if I meet him, just be able to handle it. Sure. Yeah, I'm a person. And so sure enough, yeah, I met him and he was positioned right by us. And I didn't mess up, although I was never offered a line, but I'm thankful <laughs> I was able to act normal. <laughs> But you weren't some like groupie or some, I know I have so many yes. stories of that thing. I've done some of the stupidest things, <laughs> you know, and I have in my mind, I have in my mind, I'm going to be normal. And, yes. but then I just act like a complete, you know, I'm sure they think, oh man, get this person out of here. But yeah. yes. And there was actually a car accident when we were meeting him, like people were gawking right oh, down okay. there. We were downtown Chicago. People ran up to him. We saw like a car accident happen because people were trying to, okay. he was very nice. He's a nice guy. Yeah. Well, you know, we're our North American mentality. We're celebrity. Yeah. Status. We tend to do that. We don't realize that they're people just like us. Right. Yeah. Yes. I know. Well, that's kind of fun. Yeah. So do you have a book, a resource you'd like us to focus on and where can people find you? So yeah, Unstuck, Step Into the New, it's out now. It's a 40-day prayer journal. It's available on Amazon. You can get the print or ebook. And then you can find me through my website. It's my name, amyjoob.com. And then I'm on Job though, not Job. And then I'm on the socials like Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. She has a beautiful website you're going to want to visit. And she also has on her website something they can download if Mini prayer journal, right? 
a mini prayer course. Always want to learn more about how yeah. to de- deepen my prayer and the fasting. Maybe I'll have you back again and we can talk more in depth about the fasting yeah. as well. So, so Amy, thank you so much for joining us today on the Soul Anchor podcast. And would you pray us out? That'd be awesome. Thank you for having me, Cynthia. Thank you, Jesus, for everyone that's on here today. God, every listener, I pray that they would know, Lord Jesus, that you are walking with them. I know this has been a challenging season for so many. And God, I pray they would know that you promised you would never leave us nor forsake us. God, I pray that they would begin to hear your still small voice in new ways. And in this new year, God, I thank you that your word says your sheep hear your voice and a voice of another they will not follow. God, give us clarity, God, that we would know your voice. Help us to have an increased hunger and thirst for prayer and the word of God so that we can stay strong and anchored in our faith, Lord God. I pray every marriage would be blessed. Every family would be blessed. Every student, every child, Lord God, grandchild of those that are listening would be blessed mightily in this new year. God, we thank you that you are doing a new thing and we praise you and we give you glory in advance. And please bless Cynthia and her family and bless everyone that's on Soul Anchor and everyone that listens on a regular basis. I pray that you would do a new thing in their lives this year. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I just love spending time with Amy. She is very inspiring. And I love that she's just been on this prayer journey and how God has taught her through her life. And it's just been so encouraging to me personally today. And I hope it was for you as well. So be sure and check out her resources. Her website will be in the show notes and you can go to her website and download that free resource that she offered. So just another reminder that this week, starting on Wednesday, the 26th, which is tomorrow, we will be starting our new 2022 Knowing God Through the Old Testament series. This is an online Bible study event that we'll be having this year, and I would love to have you join me. We have lots of women that have signed up for this, and I am overjoyed, and I wasn't really knowing what to expect, and so I've just been praying that God would bring each woman who really would love to dive into the Old Testament and learn more and learn how it connects to the New Testament as well. And as we learn about the character of God and see him through the narratives of the Old Testament, and we're going to be starting with the book of Ezra, the Bible study written by Carol Tetzloff, Ezra Unleashing the Power of Praise. And I am overjoyed and unbelievably excited, can I say that, (laughs) to start this. And so bring a friend, come along. You can go to my website, CynthiaCavanaugh.com. There's a banner on the homepage, Knowing God Through the Old Testament. Testament series that you can sign up and get all the details. There will be some structure in this study, but you can do it at your own pace. We'll be having weekly Facebook lives. I'll even have a couple of live Zooms that we will schedule throughout the seven weeks so that we can connect and pray and interact with each other. And so be sure to check that out. I'd love to have you join me. Thanks so much for joining me today on the Soul Anchor Podcast. Grab a friend and join our community at thesoulanchor.com. You'll receive resources from time to time to help you through your personal storm. If you've been encouraged today, would you please consider leaving a review, subscribing, or sharing this podcast? I would ever be so grateful. Until next time, remember, you're not alone, God is for you, and you will get through this.